Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Wednesday, March 10th, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 43, the first paragraph, which begins with Fred's Story Speaks. And we will be reading just that one paragraph today. Today's readers are Nina R. will do these 12 steps and Anna S. will do the 12 traditions. The readers of the text are Karen K., Lynn S., and Lisa H., is our backup today. The newcomer greeter after this first hour will be Tanya G. And the host of the second hour will be Sandy W. The reference numbers for yesterday, Tuesday, March 9th, 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 16,543, 16543. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting yesterday 16,546-16546. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And now I'm going to ask Nina R. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Nina. Good morning. This is Nina R., recovering in New York City. Step one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, 
may direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10. Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Step 11. Proper prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And then step 12. Having had spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks for letting me be a circle. Thank you, Nina. Uh, and Anna S., would you read the 12 traditions, please? Good morning. This is Anna S. in New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you, Anna S. And now this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute yourself. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 43, the first paragraph that begins with Fred's story and we will and I'm going to ask 
I will first read a Karen Kay to read that and then share for us. Good morning, Karen. Good morning, Penny, and thank you for your service and everybody who makes this meeting possible today. My name is Karen Kay, Recovered Compulsive Eater from sunny Syracuse, New York. It's going to be 61 degrees today. Okay, let's um, unpack this little paragraph here. Fred's story speaks for itself. We hope it strikes home to thousands like him. He had felt only the first nip of the ringer. Most alcoholics have to be pretty badly mangled before they really commence to solve their problems. Um, I was very badly emotionally mangled and spiritually mangled um, when I came into OA. And I just kind of looking back at the previous parts of Bill on of Fred's story. And, you know, to all appearances, uh, he seemed well and stable. And um, I shared that. I was sharing some pictures with some friends and when I was in my 20s where I appeared to be well and stable, where I wasn't. But in the inside, I felt very much ashamed, like Fred felt. And I was very much depressed of my condition. And I had that denial like Fred had, you know, do I really have a problem? You know, did I? am I really a compulsive eater? Am I really? Because I'm all these other things. Could I possibly be that too? But I know, but once I pick up that substance from before I became abstinent in OA, I could not put it down. Once I picked it up, I could not put it down. And then I thought myself, knowledge would fix it. And then, you know, people would talk about me in, in a way, and I would just say, you know, thank you. It's it's all good stuff. But, you know, those first two years um, from 24 to 26, I, I you know, I was too busy. I, I went into OA, you know, to get to get thinner and thinner and thinner. That wasn't why I went into OA the first time. But then the insanity of, you know, how picking up the food again, you know, before I came into OA this past July of 2019, you know, thinking that insanity of picking up that drink and, you know, just just that one bite, it just just that with the lies, I would continually tell myself. And and you could see through Fred's story, he's just going and you know having his spiritual awakening, his spiritual experience, and that's why I I take things much slower now. Um, I'm not on the crazy train of going very fast. If someone does want to work the steps quickly, I can. But I'm seeing the value of just spending a few more days and sharing this uh, experience with somebody so they can have their own experience and share it with others, and which I'm sure Fred did. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Karen Kay. And now before I take names of people who would like to share, I just want to remind us that we ask that if you've shared in the last two days, that means Monday or Tuesday of this week on any of the meetings, please hold back and allow other people's voices to be heard. And um, please just, I'm going to do my best to get everyone who says his or her name. So who would like to share? Ross Sam. 
Russ. Ken W H. Ken W H. And Larry K. I got Larry. Dara L. Say again. Heather. And G I. And Tanisha. Tanisha. Dara L. And Sarah L. Okay, that's it for now. And um, hopefully I'll get people on the next round who I missed uh, right now. So I have Russ M., Ken W.H., Larry K., Heather, Phoenicia, and Sarah L. Good morning, Russ M. Good morning, Ben. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, family. Russ M., Recover Compulsive Overeater, outside of Philadelphia. Um, man. We had to be pretty well mangled, huh? That brings me back to my whole life. My whole life I was pretty well mangled, whether it was relationships, always money, always money, and uh, especially with the food. I was not, I don't want to say not coherent, but I didn't make good decisions for at least 20 years. You know, I was so wrapped up in this obsession, and I wish I only did touch the nip of the ringer. That would have been cool. And I wouldn't be so set back, but it's all for a purpose, right? All this stuff is for a purpose. And I identify so strongly with Fred because I knew it all. You know, I knew everything. Hey, you got good information, but, you know, I've studied nutrition my whole life. And I'm a science guy. I'm a chiropractor. And I know everything. That got me misery and loss like you cannot believe, like you can't believe. So... I had to be mangled. I had to have no other option. Here we go again, the same share, right? I'm going to put it on a recording and just share it. Or maybe I'll stop sharing. But, you know, uh, I had to lose almost everything. I had to lose almost everything for my eyes, ears, and my heart to be open, to be open. And that's, you know, in, in my weakness, I'm strong. In my surrender, I'm strong. And it's given me my life back. 44 years of destruction. Some I knew, some I didn't know. You know, some my fault, some not my fault. Four and a half short years. I got a life like you can't believe. And it ain't perfect. Suffer through major losses, ups and downs in businesses. Relationships are crazy. But I'm not bananas. I'm not acting like an idiot. I'm, I'm becoming regular. Not a superstar, just a regular person. And uh, I'm trusting God with my whole heart, with my whole life. So if you're, if you're hanging on a thread, just do the steps. Just do what your sponsor tells you, and you'll be all right. You'll you'll get there. You'll be free. I was a train wreck, and I got free. So this book changed my life this way. Life has changed, changed me. Thanks a lot. Love you. Have a beautiful day. Thank, thank you, Russ. We love you, too. And next we have... Ken W.H. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, Penny. Thank you. Great to be here this morning. This little paragraph, um, every time it comes around, it gives me the creeps. I get chills all over me um, because it brings back such a vivid memory as a child. 
Uh, I'm dating myself, I guess. I remember my mom washing clothes, and next to the washing machine was a ringer, a mangle. That's what it was called, and it had two rollers, and you put the clothes through it to squish all the water out uh, before the, the spin cycle was invented, I guess. And she always used to tell me to be so careful and stand back and not get close and all that kind of thing. And it scared me. That machine scared me. Um, that Those clothes would go in there and come out flat as a pancake. And I figured if my finger got in there, I'm, I'm gone. Um, and here Fred talks of the nip of the ringer. Just getting your finger just, just started in there is enough to make you flinch and draw back like, from a hot flame. And then uh, if you go all the way through, the clothes come out mangled, literally squished flat. And uh, that just scared me half to death. I wish my addictions had scared me half to death as well. Um, I took the nip and I was off and running forever. Um, it didn't scare me anymore. And uh, I wish I had learned that lesson so strongly with respect to life in general, you know, putting my finger where it doesn't belong and, and getting it nipped and learning the lesson and staying away from it. I, that wasn't the case for me. But it's, I just, that paragraph just gives me shivers every time I read it. And it's so vivid, the machine, I can still see it. Go to antique stores. They've got them all over the place. But thanks for letting me share. Good to be here and not be a mangled mess. Take care. God bless. Thank you, Ken. And next we have Larry Kay, and he'll be followed by Heather. Hi, Larry. Hey, Penny, my favorite Red Sox fan. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Um, Larry Kay, uh, I'm recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Says most alcoholics have, been, have to be pretty badly mangled uh, before they, they commence to solve their problems. See, for me, it's going to take a crisis to bring the truth of my situation to light. And, you know, while, while being subjected to that crisis, it, that certainly is not fun. But it's necessary to break down the wall of my, my, my defensive ego, right? It's, it's, it's our defensive brain that's so proficient at filtering God out, and mine is. And the thing is, the very nature of a crisis, different for all of us, right? But it's, the very nature of it is, is antithetical to our desire. We want certainty, and I, I know I want predictability. And when those things uh, vanish in an instant, sometimes I'm, I'm blocked off from the sunlight of the spirit and say, change seems, you know, seemingly impossible to me at that moment. But I, I need to be reminded that my human brain isn't just resistant uh, to change. It's also a master rationalizer and a judge and a jury. I do all those things so well. Um, and, and the human brain isn't just resistant to change my brain could be lazy, right? And, and so I'm, I'm going to need to be mangled by a crisis. And when I got here, you know, the 100 pounds or so more, uh, that, that was pretty mangled. But for me, I was mangled emotionally and spiritually, and it can still happen to me. And God, God you know, shakes me up and gets my attention uh, because I need to be moved to take action. And it seems to me what the steps are designed to do as far as I can tell, is they break down that protective framework of my cloudy perceptions. I just don't see it. And since all action is first born in thought, 
the step work becomes sacred in my experience because it begins to poke some much needed holes in that thinking that's produced the separation from accessing my higher power, you know, and the steps are going to accomplish the miraculous, you know, a brain transplant, if you will, new eyes in which to see, and most importantly, a heart transplant because a mango person arrives to these rooms, they need a sustainable, divine awakening. I need to be enlightened, and enlightened isn't a one-time thing. It's an ongoing thing. I'm still, God shakes me up and enlightens me, and I'm going to need forever, as a mangled guy, I need access to power, always. So thanks, Penny, for your service. With that, I pass. Thank you, Larry Kay. And next we have Heather. And Heather, please give me the initial of your last name. Hi, I'm Heather B. in South Carolina, compulsive eater. Thank you. Go um, ahead. I just wanted to get on and share. I've only been listening to this meeting about two weeks now, and I'm really grateful for it. It's a great way to start my day, and it's given me a lot of hope because when I first started listening, I was feeling pretty hopeless when it comes to my food behaviors. And um, I'm, you know, I'm a sober alcoholic, so I'm familiar with the 12 steps and the miracles that they can bring and that God can do in my life, but I'm just having so much trouble with my abstinence with food. And, you know, it's been a few weeks, and I got a sponsor, and I, I got a nutritionist at a meal plan, but I still struggle with it every day. And it frustrates me that it's hard. And um, I want to do it perfect because I'm a perfectionist, but I just haven't been able to do it yet. Um, but it is better. I have to say that. It's a lot better. And it's better just to hear these people, you know, everybody, you guys talking every morning and, and hear the hope and hear the recovery that's out there and know, okay, God can do this. I just have to let him. Um, but it has been really hard. And I don't know why it's so hard for me not to, you know, I restrict and I purge and it's really hard not to use those behaviors and I, I tell myself that it won't matter. It's just a little bit. I can just, you know, not eat this little bit of my meal plan, but then that always leads to more. And I know that that's crazy because I've been dealing with it my entire life, and I'm 46. <laughs> so I, you know, but knowledge doesn't get me anywhere. Um, I have to let go and, and and trust and have faith. So thank you guys for being here every morning and giving me some hope. And I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you, Heather B. And Phoenicia, you'll be followed by Sarah L. Phoenicia, your last initial also, please. Hey, um, the last name initial is C. All right, go ahead. Thank you. Hey, um, first of all, um, I'm happy to be here. Um, I have came to this meeting a little bit last year. Um, I'm just glad to be here. Um, I'm going through a lot, and I've, I've came to the point of realization that, you know, my life is considered insanity right now. Um, I've always, for the longest, been a compulsive eater, and now experiencing the death of my grandmother from COVID, it has really spiraled even more out of control. So. I guess I just wanted to share and just I'm thankful to hear everybody else's story and and just wanting to feel that I'm not alone. And so just want to say thank you again for everybody sharing and everyone's service. 
and with that, I will pass. Penny C, star one, please. Sarah L, it's your turn. Okay, uh, great. Yes, this is Dara L. It's like Sarah, but with a D. Can can oh, I be heard? Yes, yes, go ahead. Sure, great. It's Dara L. in Philadelphia. And, okay, so this paragraph, right? Like, Fred had felt only the first nip of the ringer. But then looking back at Fred's story, like, what happened to Fred, right? He was hospitalized twice. Oh, you know what? I hear a lot of noise on the line. I don't know if that person can mute. Um, so, but if we look back at Fred's story, he was hospitalized twice. Um, he had no spirituality. He'd been humiliated. Um, you know, we were told that in his relapse, right, he comes, um, he flies back to meet his, and instead of meeting his wife at the hospital, or I'm sorry, at the airport, he goes on a bender, you know, and ends up back at the hospital. And he talks about being unbearable mental and physical suffering that's all of that is in fred's story right and then that's described as the nip of the ringer you know the first nip of the ringer and so you know i think back to my own experience and so much minimization of the pain and the suffering that i endured and yes i am a person who has had a low bottom i've been in treatment 16 times i've been hospitalized i've almost died from this disease but i've also been a person with a high bottom in this program where on the outside things looked good but i was stuffing my face and i was throwing up and i was insane about food you know and and so what my life looks like from the outside is no reflection of what it feels like on the inside and i think that that this wonderful wonderful illustration um really shows me that you know my perception of what it is like to be in the disease has no bearing on the outside world's perception of what my life looks like and if i if i am spiritually sick i need a spiritually solution a spiritual solution and it doesn't it doesn't matter you know if like one thing's messed up in my life or a million things are, are messed up in my life if it is unbearable to be in my own mind i belong here you know and i can do the simple program that's outlined. Um, but, you know, when I read Fred's story, I do not see it as the nip of the ringer. I see it as, you know, maybe he hasn't had as many consequences as some of his fellows, but he's really a sick person. And I'm really a sick person, whether I'm Jim, whether I'm Fred, or whether I'm the jaywalker. And I'm all three wrapped in one, you know, compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. And I'll pass. And thank you so much. Thank you, Dara L. Okay, so we're going to be taking more names as soon as I remind everybody that we are on page 43 in Bill's story, and we are reading just that first paragraph, uh, Fred's story speaks, and sharing just on that one paragraph. So um, who else would like to share? Darian. Chuck Kay from Georgia. Carol R. from oh, Linda hold on. D. Hold, hold on. I just heard Kelly someone... Sumner. Someone from Georgia. That was Chuck. Georgia. Chuck. Is it Chuck from Georgia? Yeah, I think there's two from Georgia. Also, Trisha. Okay, and who else from Georgia? Trisha D. from Georgia. Trisha. All right, Trisha D. 
And who Sarah else? Sarah from New York. Carol? Sarah. Sarah. With the Sarah. Sarah from New York. Linda D. Linda D. Okay. Wendy S. Wendy, is it S or S? S and Sam. Okay. Sandy S. And Sandy S. All right, there there we have Chuck, and Chuck will give me his initial when he speaks. Trisha D., Sarah, Linda, Wendy, and Sandy. So we're going to start with Chuck, and he'll be followed by Trisha. Good morning, Chuck. Hey, this is Chuck K. from Georgia. K. is in uh, Kirby. And um, the thing about me being mangled was before program, I could never see it. And the, and the big book talks about it. I couldn't tell the truth from the false, and this is the only life that I live. And so here I was. I was over 400 pounds. Um, I am a tall person, so I, I, I felt like I held it well. So I was at the point where I couldn't buy clothes out of a regular shop. I was looking for special shoes that have like a Velcro closure rather than shoelaces because it was hard to bend down and tie my shoe. If I dropped anything on the ground, it was a struggle to get down there and pick it back up. And I thought that was normal. I thought I was okay. I didn't think I was that bad. And even in program, I thought that I was like a high-level compulsive overeater. Yet I was binging till my stomach was full. I was purging either to eat more food or to make myself not feel so bad. I was doing all of these things, and that doesn't even get into my behavior, how I was talking to people, um, how I was acting. All of these things were, were not normal, and I couldn't see it. I couldn't see any of it because this is the life that I live. And so the first blessing that I received out of program was the awareness that things can be better, the awareness that there are a set of choices that I can take that will lead me to a better life. So what I had to do is I had to listen to people. I had to listen to what they said. I had to be willing to do everything they said without question. And sometimes if I was afraid, I could just say, hey, I, I hear you, but I'm afraid to do that right now. I, I can't do it. But I stick with things. And over time, in the work of these steps, God was able to come into my life and be a, a the anchor of my life. Every decision I make, I want to make sure that I let God in. And if in, if in my day, I've stayed away from God, either because I'm busy or something came up. You know, I have a different set of choices now. I can stop what I'm doing, and I can allow God back in. And let me tell you, when you do that enough, God becomes somebody you don't want to be away from anymore. It's not a struggle to do the work. And that's what I love about this program, understanding that there is a God of my understanding that loves me just as I am, no matter how much I do, right or wrong, and and just wants me to be the best person that I can be. And the 12 steps are the, the tools that I use to get there. So thank you for letting me share, and I hope everybody has a great day. Thank you, Chuck K. And Trisha D., you'll be followed by Sarah. 
This is Tricia D. from Georgia. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank oh, you. good. Good. Thank you. I'm sorry I was unmuted. Um, <clears throat> thank you. I'm so glad to be able to share today. I, I am reflecting on this paragraph, and I love when I heard earlier Ken sharing about his vivid memories of his childhood of the old washing machine because I have that memory, too. And I literally did put my finger through that two old-fashioned washing machine with the two rollers and remember crying and screaming. And I have a scar on my finger, I think, to this day because of that. But the symbolism of the two rollers, of the two, the contrasting, the pressure of, your, of the hurt or the pain going through um, of, those, of the old-fashioned washing machine, It relates to me now because I have been in OA since 2010, and I am finally, my eyes are open to seeing, oh my gosh, the uh, miracle, the miracle in my life. And I love the earlier paragraph when he talked about spiritual principles would solve all my problems. And I always believe that God is everything or but then I did not you know but then God is everything or God is nothing and God is everything for me because it has a two-part purpose for me if I don't have the accountability and the connection the accountability to God many times throughout my day your will not mine and if I don't have the connection to other people, to doing service, and just, again, speaking to do his will and to fill the role that he gave me, I am like that mental twist takes over for me, and I'm doing things that I'm like, whoa, I'm not aware that, first off, I'm an addict, and that I'm putting things in my mouth that I shouldn't even be there. I, my disease was so bad that I dealt with cirrhosis of the liver for eight years and finally in June 2nd of 2017 had a liver transplant. And I am healthy and well and absent today only because of a vision for you that I hear my story every day on on these beautiful meetings. I'm so thankful for all of you that support this program and I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for the spiritual awakening that I've had, that God is everything or God is nothing. And I have to show it in my actions of steps 10, 11, and 12 that I live every day. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Trisha D. And Sarah, you're next, and could I have your initial of your last name? Good morning, everyone. This is Sarah R. Um, in New York, a compulsive overeater, undereater, anorexic, and bulimic. Um, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, moderator, and thank you all for being here. I want to speak specifically to the word mingled. Um, it's funny because coming into these rooms, you know, I'm like, Maybe I'll just lose a few pounds. And um, what I have gotten, a few, I have lost 
hundreds and hundreds of emotional pounds. I would have never in a million years thought that. And it's funny because, you know, through the bit, through the relapses, the more and more I realized what I had to really surrender and concede to what, what, how mingled I was. And it's funny because it took another relapse to, to really realize exactly to what extent. And, and it was through that, that, you know, joy, happiness, all, all the promises of, of the book started to come true. I'm like on a small proportion. And, you know, once, once the compulsive overeating stopped, you know, other forms of how mangled I am came out. The, 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 the wanting to just not eat, right? Because compulsive overeating and compulsive undereating and just, I didn't, I, I, I didn't want to eat. I called my nutritionist. I said, cut my food plan in half, right? Because in the past, I can gain a ton and lose a ton really fast because that's what I know how to do, right? And it surprises me, you know, or, you know, they always say the 50 shades of gray when it comes to how mingled I am. And it's okay. My disease is not me. I'm Sarah outside of my disease. Okay. And then once I, I decide, you know, get some recovery around that, then I have to the bulimia stage of just wanting to work out and joining these crazy. Sarah, we can't hear you. Okay, let's maybe we'll go back to Sarah. Linda D, are you there? Hi, Fanny. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D from Connecticut. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, oh, this is Sarah. Are you able to hear me now? We can hear. I'll I can hear go ahead. Hi, Sarah. Why don't Hi, you everyone. finish up, and then we'll we'll hear from Linda. Go ahead, Sarah. Did you hear any of my share, or you yes, heard nothing? Yes. We, we heard almost your whole three minutes. I was timing you. Okay. All I want to say is to to wrap up that, you know, once you once to the newcomer, once you actually believe that and concede to the fact and believe that you could get better, things actually will. And just listen to everything everybody says. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Without a pass. Thanks, Sarah. And next, Linda D. Hey, Penny. Okay, go ahead. Hi, Penny. Hi, everybody. Good morning. You're my family, and I love you, my brothers and sisters. Russ, you are so funny. Um, a number of people are funny. I appreciate it. Um, I'm recovered um, seven years and a little bit. Doesn't sound like much because I'm 77, but it's a whole lot. Um, I've been in the program for 38 years. I've been in AA for 37 years. I've been sober all that time. And um, I'm bringing that up because it's all the same thing. I'm here because I need help. I'm self-destructive. Whatever form it takes, and there are things in common, of course. And the one thing that has 
bound it together is those steps and all of you and the big book. Because if I don't find a higher power, really find the real higher power, I'm in deep, deep trouble and I will die a very ugly death. I have seen it every single day of my life, some of it in my family and some outside, and of course my own being mangled. I think the thing that means the most is, to me, is that um, I have core beliefs. Um, that's not my phrase. That's kind of a cliche, I know. But one of them is that um, God isn't real. Uh, another, I, I mean, that was buried. I didn't want to say that, but for God's sake. Uh, that meant I was a smart ass. I was. Um, and uh, that I'm not good enough, that I'm a piece of crap. And if you really knew me, you would hate me because I did. And nobody wants to feel that or be aware of it or the shame of being called a glutton or a drunk or a whatever, a creepy addict. I don't care. I don't care today because I have what I need. What I need is a higher power. God is real, God is love, and God manifests and shows up every day of my life as long as I apply, the, do the work, like my hair's on fire, because this is a killing disease. This is not, not Betty Crocker Anonymous, as a friend of mine used to joke. He was in another fellowship. So what I'm saying is I'm here to save my life every single day, and it's so wonderful to be with you because we do it together. I cannot do this just Time, Linda. Yep. Thank you. I pass. Okay. Thank you very much, Linda D. And next, Wendy S., and she's going to be followed by Sandy S. Good morning, Wendy. Hi. This is Wendy S. from New York, um, a recovered, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, this is my first share in this meeting. Um, so, yeah, on the outside, I didn't look mangled at all. I came from a good family. I had a good job. I was successful. I had great uh, friendships. Um, you know, other than being somewhat overweight yet hiding it well, um, you know, life looked really great. What was mangled was my mind, my thought process. I suffered for 51 years of life in depression and um, worry and judgment and anger and nobody in the world could behave the right way. Like I thought everyone was just behaving incorrectly and, um, and I was a control freak and I didn't realize that I was a control freak. And um you know, and I'd ha and I'd have these like moments where I would just kind of fall apart, and and I'd have to start another diet, or I'd have to, you know, go to therapy, or I'd have to. And I knew there there was a spiritual hole in my life, and I and I would seek every kind of modality possible out there, um, and study different different modalities and whatnot, and um, you know. And it got to a point where, you know, I would just pick myself back up by my bootstraps and go back on with life and, 
and disconnect from all of the difficult emotions that I was, I was feeling and then go back to using food as my solution. Um, and then, um, yeah, have you been in program long? I just started in July and, um, and I got on the lines and I heard all this God talk and it just, it, you know, was, was really difficult for me to take. Um, but I, somehow there was God there pulling me because I knew this was the solution and um, I followed the steps and worked through it and um, got to a point where the food is no longer an obsession. It is no longer controlling me and um, it doesn't have to be God per se, but there is something higher. I could call it my higher self that is guiding me and helping me to get to this point where I am recovered, I am able to move through life and not think that I'm the only one that knows how everybody else should behave and how the world should work. Um, and it's that freedom that I never thought was possible. I did not think in July that I would ever say I was recovered or be free from the obsession with food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy S. And next, Sandy S. Good morning, Sandy. Hi, this is Sandy S. from Asheville, North Carolina. Um, not only was I totally aware that I was very mangled, I wouldn't say even pretty mangled. It would have been nice to have been pretty mangled, but I had no facade. And um, people knew I was mangled. I shared um, one time that when I, I, but I, with my mangled self, like I had something always driving me. I, I just kept going, mangled, horrendous. I remember making an amends to my graduate school roommate because I was eating and throwing up like crazy. And I thought, oh my God, that must have been so horrible for her. And when I called her, I located her because I did the step like the vision group said. She said to me, Sandy, she said, you didn't harm me. She said, you are so sick. I looked in your eyes and I saw how sick you were. And I was sick. And by the grace of God, you know, I've shared this. I have been recovered for many decades. And I am more, I don't know, energized to have God in my life as a real life experience because through the years, just the joys, the challenges keep getting bigger and bigger and the satisfaction of meeting challenges and not looking mangled anymore is fantastic. I want to be real specific and just say two things. One is I'm really challenging myself professionally. I will be leading a retreat workshop as a psychologist. And the other thing, I'm challenging myself in relationships. My two granddaughters slept over. And and those are two areas that were so difficult for me. And I give service by just being with people I love and being a loving presence. And with that, I... Thank you. Thank you very much, Sandy S. 
and yes, that was Sandy. Yes, right. Yeah. Um, we have time for at least two more people who would like to uh, share now. Pete. Pete. Good morning, Pete. And one more. Darian K. Darian K. Okay. All right, go ahead, Pete. Hi, good. Of course, I didn't bring my friends to this. So I'm in a different Penny. car. My name is Pete B. Somebody's unmuted. Would everybody mute except Pete B? Am I muted? Am I, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead, Pete. Uh, my name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace in Mercy in Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, what I think about this paragraph is like if you read through everything, everything that we've been reading from the doctor's opinion and Bill's story, you know, it, it talks about the progressive nature of this disease, right? And I think, and, and then, you know, so, so what, what, it, what it says is if you have this disease, and I'm paraphrasing, if you have this disease or if you, even if you potentially have this disease, Unfortunately, if it, if it continues to progress like it does, you are going to get to a position where you're in a hopeless state of mind and body, right? And I, I, I think the, the disservice that we do for folks, and I don't know where it came from, is that we talk about these, this idea of a bottom, right? It, 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 have you hit your bottom? Have you, hit, you know, I, I have some sad news for everybody. There's no such thing. Right? There's no such thing as a bottom because if you think you hit one, go to your nearest Baskin or Robbins and get yourself a pint of ice cream and see how, much, how far down you can go. Right? There's, my bottom is the worst bottom in the history of Over Years Anonymous. You know why? Because it has to be. The minute I start comparing what mine is compared to yours and start describing as it is high or low, Right? That's, the, that's the minute I start easing myself out of my recovery program. That's the minute I start thinking to myself, it wasn't that bad, right? I've never, I've never heard somebody say, I, I, I'm, I'm just one day pregnant, right? I'm just, it's just one day, right? Like you're, you're pregnant or you're not, you know what I mean? And it's the same thing with this condition, right? If you, if you, are, if you potentially have this disease, unfortunately, you're pregnant with a baby you're never going to give birth to. It's just, you're, you're always, it's, 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 you're always, always going to have this condition. So like with Fred, right? He only felt the nip of the ringer. Congratulations. You're on your way to a, to a ride that's ultimately going to take you to die, to death, or, or worse news, get you to where you're going to live under the lash of the foods and the substances and the behaviors that we put in our bodies that deprive us from living the life that we could possibly live, right? This life beyond the wildest dreams that's described in this program, right? The good news is that you die. The bad news is, I mean, sorry, the, the bad news is that you die, right? But the, the, uh, unfortunately, I don't know if it's good or bad, unfortunately, it may take 30 years, Right? Ask somebody who's been through it. Ask somebody and see what it's like. Right? So let's have to remember. You know, I, there, there, mine, my bottom has to be the worst bottom in the history of Overeaters Anonymous. Otherwise, I start judging and giving myself an excuse to think to myself, you know what? There's another, there's another, you know, one pound bag of roasted and salted mixed nuts out there for me. There's, there's, a, there's another bite of Ben and Jerry's. You know, just one more. And then, I, and, and then I'll bring myself back when I get as bad as some of you people I hear in this meeting. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Pete B. And Darian Kay. Good morning, Darian. Oh, good morning, Penny. I'm Darian Kay. I'm in the Berkshires in Massachusetts, recovered compulsive overeater. Very grateful to hear all these shares and relate, relate. And oh, it just feels so good to be part of this wonderful group. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really agree with everybody. Um, and I just, you know, I was just thinking for myself, I just, I really think the, the justification that we do um, as uh, compulsive overeaters to make it not so bad, right? Like, oh, it's just food, you know, it's not alcohol or drugs, or, um, you know, it's only, you know, 20 pounds or 50 pounds. It's not like 400 pounds. I'm not like ready for um, my 600 pound life TV show. <laughs> so it's not like really that bad where I could, you know, look at these people and relate to them. Um, it's not, um, you know, I have, I'm not eating uh, bags and boxes. That wasn't part of my story uh, to binge on bags and boxes. Um, I didn't eat in the middle of the night. You know, I can just look for all these reasons why I'm just not so bad. But you know what? When I listen to other people who have relapsed and gone out there, I take that very seriously. And those are the yes. And I think maybe it comes from AA, you're eligible too. Like that is the, those are the things that I could do and that, you know what? I really believe that I would, I would, um, you know, probably binge um, and probably not be able to stop because my disease gets stronger, um, even in recovery. So it's, you know, it's definitely getting stronger out there. So for today, thank God I know that even if I just hit the tip of the ringer, um, that is enough for me to stay where I am, to keep doing what I got to do, to have this beautiful life. And it's so much more than the weight, right? We come in initially for that, but it's my head, it's my emotions, it's my sanity and the peace, the peace that I want so much every day um, that, I can, that I can actually have as a result of doing and working this program um, one day at a time. So thank you. I pass. Thank you, Dari and Kay, and you'll be our last share for today. So uh, thank everyone. I want to thank everyone who shared and everyone who attended. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, which is March 10th, 2021, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 16,500. 541654. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And I'm going to ask Lynn S. to read that selection for us, please. Lynn, star one, please. Lynn S. Hi, this is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.